The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. What an interesting conversation that was with Brett. Well, we've been we've been sitting here since mm-hmm. we hung up the phone, um, talking uh, about it. Yeah, I would have, uh, you know, obviously a busy guy, and we booked him for the half hour. I would have loved to have uh, kept him for the hour or met him for a beer after work because there's just certain concepts in there that really stick out. The Bitcoin conversation mm-hmm. was one. Uh, he was talking about investing in the technology that creates. Um, the uh, cyber currency as opposed to the actual currency, which is amazing. But also talking about the integration of uh, charitable work with business. Mm -hmm. He sort of, he said it really quickly, but it's worth revisiting. He was saying, as most companies do that have... uh, uh, that kind of work of what do they call it philanthropic work philanthropic philanthropic uh, that you know you do it you do it um, because you do it because you want to improve the community in which you live that's why you do charitable work but that's only one component of why you do charitable work it can be an in- intricate part of your marketing plan as well. Well, of course it is, but I think that there are some companies out there that who feel that they just have to do it. Yeah. That that don't make it yeah, they do it because they have to do it, not because they want to do it or because they want to give back and make the world a better place. And then there are those who legit yes. uh, believe in giving back. But it can be both, right? Because you don't have there's no shame if, if you're raising money or raising awareness or you're helping individuals or, or uh, not-for-profits that need help, there's no shame in benefiting from that at the same time. Oh, no. You're still helping, yeah. right? But, you know, of course, companies don't like to talk about that. But you think about, and I, I don't want to name a specific company for fear that I cast some kind of poor light on them, but I can think of lots of organizations and companies that are tied closely to a particular charity. You think of the charity, you think of the company, Right. That's a marketing tool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so they are doing the help. Yeah. They are doing the work that they say they are. They are helping the people they say they will. Um, but they are benefiting from it. And that's why, as I say, that course that I took, Planning for Profit and Social yeah. Responsibility, I thought it was going to be like, ah, it's going to be this fluffy course yeah. about how you have to give back or whatever. But no, it was about integrating those two concepts, how you can help your community while benefiting the bottom line of your company, and everybody wins. Brett had talked about uh, Rachel Milkey, and that was probably the best day on Dragon's Den for him. What was it, sixty-five thousand? And they're on track to make what six million or something yeah. like this <laughs> this year. Um, and you know, she started making that jewelry at her kitchen table in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but that company, that Hilberg and Burke, um, and I, I suspect it's part because of the way that. Brett, as her mentor, has said they give back a certain amount, isn't it? Something like 10% of of proceeds back to um, charities that help women and children. And we've seen that. And I think, and that has become, as you say, a part of uh, the branding, their identity. Mm -hmm. And and it's worked very well. And when you see it, it's, um, you know, the tip of the hat, tip of the hat to you. Because I think for a lot of folks, it's really easy just to say, I'm going to keep all the money and write a token check here and there. Yeah. See, that's a funny thing. Charity is a funny thing because those who have not been involved, really hands-on involved in charity or running a charity, sometimes get a you know misconception of how it works and how it should work. Like professional fundraisers, and I'm I'm speaking now of individuals in um, foundations uh-huh. who are paid to raise money. Go get money, and they they make a salary doing it. And people will say, "Oh, they shouldn't be making money to help." Yeah, they should if you're good at it. 
you should definitely be oh, yeah. rewarded. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for every dollar they get paid, if they're bringing in $100, then they're well worth the investment. The one other thing with that conversation that um, I, I would have liked to have gotten into just a little bit more with it, and it was, um, you know, all of these things. And he had talked about Dragon's Den and knowing when to get out. He felt like um, it was a couple of newspaper articles that I had read about him, just that um, that he was more of the social guy and everyone else was kind of just being, he was caring more about, the jockey than yeah, the horse, right? Right. That's what we talked about. I love knowing and finding out when did you know to get in? Not only getting out, but how did you know it was right to get in? Mm-hmm. Is it because he talks about doing all of the all of the research and you know how his his staff he drives nuts for wanting this, wanting this, wanting this. Is it based on research? How much of it is research? How much of it is gut? Is it just a gut instinct? And then turn around when you want to get out. Is it the same thing? Mm-hmm. Just knowing when your time is done. And, and knowing when your time is done could be if you're a, a, a millionaire businessman like, like he is, or you're working at a job somewhere that you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. It, it, knowing when to get out applies to so many things in life relationships workplaces it doesn't matter for sure and the other I know it's weird I think it followed me in from outside sort of good news bad news situation it's warm enough to have mosquitoes the other thing about talking about investing in the jockey not the horse the horse that's I've never put it that way but that's always been a thing of mine and I don't know if this is a common thing or if it's just my quirk I meet people along the way, mm-hmm. and I can think of several people, yourself included, uh, Brad Bloom from Big Top Tent Rental when I met him years ago, um, John Winwick from ATB when I met him years ago, um, and I ended up doing something with all of them. I ended up doing some sort of business with them because and we didn't have an idea for the business, and we didn't discuss doing a business, but every now and then you meet somebody and think... Ken Franchuk from Crystal Glass. Like, there's just people you meet where you go, I'm going to do something with that guy or that girl. I don't know and what it is. And it might just is. be having a beer and it becoming be. friends. Yep. And, 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 that, maybe, and it could maybe be. Maybe that. Maybe just yeah. sharing information or experience. Maybe yeah. it's just that. Or maybe it's going into business together. Or maybe it's, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I just, some people just so stand out in my mind. Well, you click. Yeah. There's a click. And I think... Well, and sometimes there's not a click and it develops into a sometimes click. Sometimes there's a clock. Sometimes there's a clock and you got to <laughs> yeah. work on the click. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, there's there's a number of people that, on, on a, you know, the file's going through my head. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. And go, okay, you know what, someday I want to work with that person. Yeah. Someday I want to do, do something, something with, with that person. Yeah. I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> exactly. But I'm going to do it. <laughs> You know, of course, uh, Jalen and I, October 17th is tomorrow, and cannabis legalized in uh, mm. Canada. Not the edibles, by the way, but uh, but uh, cannabis. So listen, you know, a lot of questions about what you can and cannot take across the border. So it turns out, legalization of cannabis aside, uh, here's something you can't take across the border. Uh, there's a member of what they call the Beagle Brigade. <laughs> it's a canine corps, uh, and they sniff out animal and plant products in people's luggage. This is in Atlanta at the uh, Hartsfield-Jackson International uh-huh. Airport. Well, uh, Hardy, the Beagle, and these Beagles apparently are really good at this. So Hardy, the Beagle, the other day, uh, identifies someone's luggage as needing closer inspection. And what they found in the luggage was a roasted pig's head that weighed two pounds. 
Who's packing a roasted... Well, some guy from Ecuador, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it was. They had to destroy it. The problem being, of course, that they, you know, at the very least, it could have swine flu. But they, I mean, they have no idea how it was prepared and and what, you know, viruses may be attached to it or, or whatever. But it made me think about you, oddly enough. Because I know you love your dog, and I know your dogs, I should say. And I'm a cat person, and you How know that. How does a pig head make you think of me? Just the dogs are amazing, aren't they? They're amazing. <laughs> Stop. Don't don't start. Don't start. They are. <laughs> they are amazing. I know. Like, you think about this. And the I w- puppy sniffed out deer poop last night. That is not amazing. <laughs> I can sniff out deer poop. I know. <laughs> it was funny and though. I won't try and eat it either. So that's Well, it was funny because our first Britney Spaniel, Neil. Mm-hmm. Um and I think a lot of dogs uh, might do this, I hope. Um but rabbit pellets they, they I think they thought it was like rabbit M&Ms and so he yeah. would yeah, they you would that's did Jack I mean. do that? No, Jack, yeah. You know, Jack considered the litter boxes a a buffet. <laughs> See, but he knew it was wrong. Sometimes they're brilliant. Sometimes that's like, what I mean. It's just it's a just funny nature, thing, though. Right. But last yesterday, apparently, there was some deer, obviously, at the end of our driveway, and uh, <laughs> Coach says he he sniffed it, um, and then came all the way back in the house and spit it out on the floor. <laughs> oh, really? That's pleasant. Yeah, that's well. Jack would. The litter boxes are in the laundry room, the only unfinished room in the basement, right? And Jack would come down, and he'd, like, look around, and he'd, you know, he'd lay down. We'd be watching mm. TV. Then he'd get up, and he'd walk a foot and sit down again. Yeah, yeah. No and, one's paying attention. Yeah, he'd slowly make his way, right? And then you'd be like, Jack. Like, he wouldn't even get to the room. You'd be like, Jack. And he would look at you like a 13-year-old who just got caught with his dad's magazine or something. You know, like, he knew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he knew what he was about to do was wrong. So he's smart enough to know, but he's like, but I can't help myself. I know. You know? Mm. Anyways, I love watching these dogs do what they do. And I love, well, you know, just how accurate it, they can be. Like and border security. You've watched, you know, the with the border security and the dogs coming through all of that. And um, when we were coming home from one of our last listener trips, was it the listener trip? Or wasn't there someone with a ham sandwich or something? Yeah, that, that a was dog the listener stopped? trip. Yeah. And so... A dog there, and it was like it was so funny to watch. That was the last. Forget about the bottle of rum that broke all over the place. So that you know, and they've got that line, which by the way, gosh, I wish people could read. Uh, But they've got this uh, line around the baggage carousel, and they say, "Stand behind the line until you see your baggage." Right, which makes it easier, by the way, to grab your baggage. Um, But it also gives a runway for the animal handler, Mm. the dog handler, to take the dog on a quick uh, scoot around. Right, and yeah, I was on that trip because. He just suddenly, he, she, the dog, just suddenly stopped and alerted. And you could see this woman. What? What? And I, it was either you or Carol I was standing next to, and I went, oh, this is going to be good. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what it's alerting for. I don't know what kind of dog it is. But it turned out it was a similar dog to this dog that I just talked about, an agricultural dog. It sniffs out food. Yeah. And, you know, she just was very nice because Canadian, right? Um, what do you have in your bag? What, if anything in my bag? Do you have any food in your bag? Well, I don't think so. And like, well, I have a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, but it's you can't bring can't the sandwich that. in. Well, I told you that uh, when one of the when when the oldest was coming back, I can't remember on one of the trips from Tokyo or Hong Kong or something, he shows up and he starts pulling out 
like vacuum packed sausage of some sort uh? from his. I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. Did you he can't vacuum bring- pack it? No, was it was it, it was professionally vacuum packed. Yeah, it depends on the ingredients. But it was still like yeah, and again, I, I'm not sure if it was porky pork in it, but it yeah. was some sort of sausage that he was bringing <laughs> home. And I'm like, you, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to bring sausage. <laughs> yeah, back across the border, I but it, it ended up keep on. Yeah, so he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, don't don't do that again. Do you know it's funny? I I can't tell you the number of times I travel to and from various locations with the same kit Mm. in my bag which it turns out had scissors in it Mm. which only got identified on the last trip when I went to go see my mom for the last time in Ottawa and Edmonton security uh, YEG staff were like hey you got a second can you step this way and I'm like oh Mm. no what did I do right and they were very kind about it and uh, like I say they had a test to see how dull they were how sharp they were or whatever but you know then you have the next four hours to think about it as you're flying I'm like I've been carrying that bag on and off plans forever. forever. Yeah, well, underwire, underwires and bras for a long mm. time were setting things off. Well, I had screws in my knee that I finally got taken <laughs> out for that reason. I was tired of explaining it. And it really doesn't matter if you do explain it. I had, it was in my femur, like three screws. You come into the secondary for the pat uh, down? Yeah, it's just, I know, I would just, just my bra. I would just head there. I'm like, can we just do this? Can we just do the x-ray thingy? Yeah. It's all good. Just... Oh, oh, yeah. Good times. All right. Four o'clock news coming up. Eileen Bell uh, on the other side. What a day on the markets. Uh, Angus Watt or one of the gang over at National Bank Financial will join us. Plus, we still have those oh, uh, Fleetwood Mac tickets right. to give away. We're done today at 4.30. Oh, I want to go all day. Making way for the Oilers and... The Jets. The Jets. There you go. Coming up. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.